I'm Samantha Bove, and this is She's Too Much. This show is for the woman who's been told that she dreams too much, talks too much, cares too much, thinks too much, feels too much, needs too much. And I say it's about damn time that we are even more. Because that thing you think makes you too much is the exact thing the world needs more of. I am celebrating my one-year single anniversary, and as I'm reflecting on this last year, I can honestly say it was the best year of my life. And if you're listening to this, I imagine that you are single or recently have become single, and you're in that amazing, painful, scary, exhilarating time of singlehood. And to Give some context. You are listening to me on the side of the glow up of this title and someone who is enjoying their single life so much and also keeps getting reflections from friends and even from strangers that I'm having a very unique experience of being single. One that is just truly, honestly, really fun and amazing and not without its hardships, but really, truly like a very magical time of life. And also this time, this week, this day last year, I was a basket case, like truly could not stop crying, shaking for weeks. I was petrified of being single. I was in a five-year relationship. I was engaged. I was in another five-year relationship before that. So pretty much since I was 15, I'm now 27, I was in long-term relationships and I didn't know what it was like to be single and it honestly really scared the living hell out of me and I also just wasn't that confident in my skin and my body and my beauty. I wasn't using my voice that much. I was like really exhausted. I felt kind of invisible and truly just like was not excited about being single. So that's where I was a year ago and this is where I am now. And as I'm reflecting on this year, really what keeps coming up is that beauty really does bloom from the darkest places and from the darkest times. And everything beautiful starts in the darkness. Food grown underground in the pitch black flowers. Babies are born and grown in the womb, never seeing any light until they come into the world and open their eyes for their first time. And that's really what I see being single as. It's waking up. It's opening your eyes to this incredible love affair that you can really have with yourself. And because I love a good visual and a good metaphor, I want to share all the ways that I really have given myself the nutrients to grow and rise from that darkness and glow up, if you will. And so the lessons from this year, there's really three that stand out. The first is the power of giving yourself time and letting time really heal and following your crazy, which I can't wait to share all the ways that I followed my crazy this year and also becoming an incredible lover to yourself. So before we dive in, I want to make a suggestion that if you are in the thick of the breakup right now, 
So we're talking like you just broke up maybe yesterday, last week, or even in the first couple of months, and maybe you're still in shock or you're feeling really numb or you're still crying all the time or honestly just feeling kind of traumatized like I was, go back to episode three, pause this, listen to it because I share some really supportive and also very unconventional ways to help when you are in the thick of really true hard times, sadness, and some things to support and ease that pain. So go ahead, go listen, and then come back over here. All right. So glow up, single time, making it the best time ever, truly. Number one, first lesson, giving yourself the gift of time. So to me, being single and especially the first year And now I guess since I'm past that year mark, I'm going to say maybe the first few years is allowing myself to really not have it figured out. So there was something about being in a relationship to me and then especially being engaged that made me feel like very legit. Like, oh, I'm an adult. Like I do grocery shopping together. Like I think for two. And even if like we weren't even in the best place or even at times when we weren't in financially the best place, there was something about being in a partnership that made me feel like, oh, I kind of have my shit together a little bit. And then when I was out of that, I was like, damn, like I am alone. Like I really have no one to fall back on. Not that we were sharing any finances or anything, but there was something in my head of like, oh, if, you know, I couldn't sign a client this month or all my money went away like this person would hopefully be there for me. And that was the first lesson that I really had to learn was like, okay, I really need to give myself the gift of time to really not have it figured out. And being single, especially newly single, like you just jumped into the unknown and you're alone. And it's like you're falling without a bungee cord or you're falling without a parachute and your survival instincts are gonna kick in to give you that sense of security that you had when you were in a partnership. Even if the partnership was rocky or even if the breakup was rocky, you still had that person. And especially in a society like that we live in in America, it's like, oh, if you are in a partnership, it's like a status symbol. People are always asking, are you dating? Are you in a relationship? Do you want to date? Do you want to find a husband? Do you want to get married? And so when you're flying solo, it can feel very shaky. And so those survival instincts, they're going to kick in and you're going to be grasping for security anywhere you can try to get it. So some people throw themselves into work, straight into dating. Some people try to find that security in things that they can control or do. So it could even be like getting a tattoo. Please don't do that. Or going back to an ex. Seriously, do not try to find security there. You left that house for a reason. It wasn't a good one. And for me, I was trying to find security and finding a new place to live because I really needed shelter. So for me, I was like, okay, like one thing I can control is where I'm going to live and finding a new place. And the reality of my situation with my breakup was, uh, (laughs) I like I really needed to get out of my space rather quickly. And so I wanted to jump into signing a lease like, oh, that'll make me feel really good. But the issue was, is that I had no idea where I wanted to live. At that time, we were living in the suburbs of San Diego and I was really not happy with that area. But at the same time, the idea of moving to like Los Angeles or back to the East Coast to New York was really scary and really overwhelming to me for some reason. I don't know, the city just intimidated me with 
the people and the parking and just so much going on. I feel like I sound like such a lame but that's really how I felt. And so like the first week of my breakup, I drove to LA. It's like an hour and a half, two hours north. I looked at 10 apartments in one day and I cried the whole time. And the energetics that I felt like, oh, damn, I'm really I'm grasping here and I'm rushing. Every single time I walked into the place, I just felt like I would be forcing the vision. I would be forcing myself to think like, okay, where would I put my furniture? Where would the table go? And that's one thing I've really learned, especially in you know learning to channel and connect to my intuition more and developing my psychic senses is if I have to force a vision, if it doesn't come, if I can't look at a space or imagine a trip or imagine my relationship progressing, say, with a person, whether it be a friend or romantic, it's not going to happen. <laughs> and if I make it happen, it's going to be a struggle. And so I decided that, okay, the best thing that I can do, even though I am craving this security, I want something that I can control, that I can find safety in, I'm going to give myself time. And I decided to take my friends up, Melanie and AJ, my angels, up on the offer to move into their home with their two sons that I adore and move into their guest room. And I gave myself the gift of not knowing what I was going to do with my next move. I put all of my stuff into a storage unit. And over those next three months, I healed and I traveled and I visited friends in Austin and Miami and Mexico and LA. And eventually a few months later, I did move to LA and I felt ready because I found the perfect sublet. Again, I didn't know if I wanted to live in LA, so I got a sublet. I was giving myself the gift of time. And when you get out of a big commitment, really don't rush into another big commitment. This is your time where you actually have time to not know what you want to do. So take advantage of it. And do your best to fight that internal dialogue. I guess not fight. I would say listen to that internal dialogue that's going to push back on you and say things like, oh, you should have it more figured out than this. You're an adult. That's what my mind kept saying. It was so judgy about moving in with my friends at 26 years old. Like, you should not be doing this. You're taking so many steps back. You just had this great apartment on the beach and you were in a relationship and you were engaged and you had this pretty ring and all these things. And what I realized is, is that like, that's not true. No one's judging you. You're only judging yourself. So do whatever gives you the most time to get your bearings and allow yourself to figure out what feels flowy rather than what feels like a force. Okay. And a few more notes on buying time and giving yourself time is Give yourself time to get back to whatever normal used to look like for you after a breakup. So your brain is going to be like, what are we doing with all of this spare time now? Like when you remove a person that was in your life so consistently and in such a big way, your brain and your heart and your body has so much more energy that it's going to try to fill it with things and also it's going to likely want to tell you that it's really time to get back to normal and really when you become single nothing's normal like you are no longer considering this huge person this huge part of your life and it's a huge readjustment period so give yourself time to create a new normal give yourself time to 
maybe not be as routined as you used to be. So if your workouts have fallen off or for me, that looked like I used to cook so much for myself and I was like, I'm doing takeout. I'm keeping things simple. And then also buy yourself some time to start dating. I waited about three months and really I don't want you to put any pressure on yourself or let anyone put any pressure on you to get back out there. Seriously, get back out there when you're getting a little bit curious and you're getting a little bit excited about the idea of it. I personally was like not excited about it. I'm a people person. Like I'm friendly. I love to be a little flirty and I was really petrified about dating. I've never been on dating apps. I've heard a lot of like terrible stories from my single girlfriends. I was really nervous. I remember when I first downloaded the apps, I was sitting with my friends and it probably took me three hours to create a profile. I was so in my head about it. The whole process felt so scary. I was so scared I was going to be rejected. But actually, I'm really glad that I waited as long as I did to start dating. And the same thing goes for sleeping with people, for being intimate with people. Wait as long as you're comfortable and just understand that everybody's timeline is different. Like I found out that my ex went on a date two weeks after we broke up. And yeah, that really hurt. But also like everybody has different ways to cope and different speeds. So don't rush it. Take your time. And also if you find out that your ex is, you know, starting to see people or maybe even being intimate with people, it doesn't mean anything about how they felt about you. I promise. And it also doesn't mean that they're moving on quicker. It just means that they're choosing to spend their time like that because that is what they think is going to be best for their healing. Okay, so lesson number two, reflection two is for when you're feeling a little bit more stable and you're feeling a little bit more rooted in your single life is to follow your crazy and double down on your discomfort. Okay, so when you're single, your soul is going to give you all these little ideas. They're going to start giving you like single girl ideas that are going to seem like really crazy because you're free now. You are free to reinvent yourself. You're free to book the trip. You're free to do things that you may have been worried or just unconsciously worried that you would have been judged for. And you are free to truly just prioritize what it is that lights you up. And you need to do things that are going to align with the version of you that you aren't yet, right? So you, even though you just broke up, you are still operating in partnership mentality, especially if you're still feeling a lot of attachment to that person. And if you are still feeling like deeply attached and struggling to let go, I would definitely tune into episode 10 after this about letting go. But if you're deeply attached, you're still likely operating in partnership mentality, which is just different. It's a brain space where you're considering someone as much as yourself, if not probably more than yourself. It's not just, ooh, like, what do I want to do this weekend? It's, ooh, what should we do this weekend? It's not, what do I want to have for dinner tonight? It's, ooh, what should we have for dinner tonight? It's not, where should we travel? Where should I, where do I want to travel this summer? Where does my soul feel called to? It's, ooh, where does also he want to travel to? And would that be good for us in our time of life with our schedules? So this single version of you is going to make decisions that you 
haven't before or at least have it in a really long time. And so what this looked like for me was I got a DM from this company on Instagram inviting me to a leadership retreat in Mexico. I did not know a soul. And there was something in me that just said, do it. And I texted my friends. I'm like, is this crazy? Like, I don't know any of these people. It's in Tulum. I've never been there before. Is this crazy? And all of them were like, no, I mean, it sounds like you want to do it. And what I found was making a lot of decisions, which I'll share some of them. All of them really seemed crazy, like absolutely seemed crazy. And I just find that every single time I followed my crazy, there has been so much magic, so much healing, so much friendship, so much laughter, adventure and discovery of parts of myself that I didn't even really know were in there and parts of myself that have become my most favorite, most fearless parts of myself. So one of those looked like going to Mexico on a leadership retreat where I literally made some of my best friends. And I will say for the first time, really saw myself through the eyes of other people. I remember when I was there, we had this big like reflection circle where you sat in the middle and three people came up to you and shared what they saw in you over the last four days. And what was said, the invitation was like, imagine that what these people are saying to you is true. And so I sat there and I said, wow, what if I just decided that what this person is saying to me is completely true, that I really am this beautiful from the inside out, that my voice is really powerful, that I walk with confidence, <laughs> that I'm kind, that I'm compassionate, that I'm a great listener. What if I just decided that that was true? And I walked out of that leadership retreat truly embodying those qualities and believing them for the first time in my entire life. <laughs> and then also some more crazy things I did. Um, well, I moved to LA. Then I moved to New York City. I launched this podcast. I subletted out my apartment in New York City for the entire summer with absolutely no plans and then ended up getting invited on a trip to Tel Aviv and then to Italy where I am right now. I'm in Gallipoli and Puglia. And I... Yeah, just continued to make a series of absolutely crazy decisions, and they've all been really great. So I want you to ask yourself right now, what is something that I'm curious about, okay? Maybe it's an idea that seems kind of crazy, but I want you to think, like, am I curious about this crazy idea? Is there somewhere, some place in the world that I'm curious about visiting, is there one person that I'd like to connect with? Maybe it's an old friend that's been randomly popping up or somebody who I may have had a romantic interest in that I'm going to just DM or I'm going to, you know, find their number and message them. That's another crazy thing I did. Somebody who I met years ago when I was working in the startup space, I always had a little crush on him and I thought about him from time to time. I DM'd him when I was in Florida and it's been a really beautiful friendship, relationship, whatever it is, and it continues to bloom and grow. So is there anybody, anything, anywhere you want to go, anything you want to try, a class you want to take that you're a little bit curious about, that your brain will say, nah, that's crazy. I want you to write it down right now, and I want you to do it this week. It could also be things like, I don't know, seeing a guy that you think is really cute on the street and being like, ah, oh, is it crazy to give this guy my number? Also did that, turned into a beautiful relationship. 
go after your crazy because it's signaling to you that there's something within you that needs to be illuminated, a lesson that you really need to learn about yourself. So follow your crazy. And the last one, last reflection here over my year of being single is becoming the best lover you could ever imagine. So I'm going to share a little excerpt from my journal entry. I think this was back in October. And it is going to set the tone for how I really have viewed using this time and yeah, viewing this time of being single as entering into a really sacred union with myself. The biggest lie of a breakup is that you think that uncoupling means that you're going to be single. The word itself implies that you are just one, alone, no longer in relationship with another. But that is some bullshit. The second you untether from another, you enter into a sacred union with yourself. Some days it is like a honeymoon. I catch her gaze in the mirror and think, my God, I'm so lucky to have her. I hear her on the phone with her best friend and think, my God, she is so compassionate and wise. I watch her dance in the kitchen in her underwear and see-through sleep tank and admire her furnace, her raw beauty. And some days, I feel like I am in an arranged marriage to someone I never chose. She talks too much. She thinks too loud. I feel like no matter how I show up, it is not enough. She's insatiable. Those days require a lot of faith. So when we're in a relationship, it's so easy to channel our love and our desire to be better into that other person. And so all of, not all of, but a lot of my desire to heal, (laughs) to handle the parts of myself that were not so shiny was so that I could be a better partner to my ex. And while I probably was convinced, trying to convince myself when I was in the relationship, oh yeah, I'm working on this healing for me. I was really working on it for us because I wanted us to have a spectacular relationship. And so everything I was doing really was partially through the lens of how is this, how is this bettering us, our relationship? And when you're single, when that other person is removed, now you have all of this space to say, wow, all of these things I'm doing, all of this joy that I'm pursuing, all of this healing that I'm doing is all funneling back into this relationship that I have with me. And that is an amazing time period. And it's a time period that's not going to last. And one of the biggest myths I think we have as a human species is that we think that things are going to last forever because things feel like they're going to last forever, especially when the emotions are really big and everything is temporary. Like you will be in a relationship again. And so this window that you're sacred is so small. And so treat it as this very precious, very sacred time where you get to channel all of this love and romance into yourself. So We hear a lot about self-love, but I don't really just want love. Like, I don't want to just fall in love with anybody. I want an epic romance. I want butterflies. I want passion. 
And I have over this last year really cultivated that sense of romance with myself. And that's going to be my encouragement for you here is how are you showing up as the greatest, most romantic lover in your own life to yourself? And so it can start with identifying the qualities of a lover, of a partner that you really want to call in. And so write all of those down. Maybe I'll do a podcast one day on sharing my list of what those qualities are that I really want to call in as a as, for a partner. And so just a few of them are not in a specific order. A lover who surprises me. So really brings magic into my day. And my friend Bryn, she always says, you know, the best loves, they really make they make the mundane moments really magical. And so alone, that looks like when I go to the grocery store, like, okay, how can I really romanticize this a little bit? Like, can I put some headphones in and as I'm walking through the aisles, you know, just, you know, walk with a little bit more of a pep in my step as I am making my morning coffee? Can I like wear a cute little PJ set and just feel myself a little bit more? There's so many ways that you can just bring a little bit of spark to the everyday moments of your life. Another quality is I really want to have a partner who I find really hot <laughs> and that I'm really attracted to them and that the way that they move through a room from making the bed to, oh my God, like, you know, the way that like guys take their shirts off from the back. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, like think like, ripped muscles, you know, definitely going to be a little vain here, judge me, whatever, like big, nice shoulders. And like they're taking their t-shirt off from like behind their head and they take it off over their head like that. Oh my God, I can't. So since, you know, you're single and you're not watching somebody do that, this dream muscly man, how do you take your clothes off? Can you turn yourself on? Like, can you stand in front of a mirror and slowly take your clothes off and reveal something really sexy that you bought for yourself and really just turn yourself on and show yourself how romantic and how sensual you can be with yourself. And this may sound like a stretch for you right now. So maybe that just means first buying something really beautiful just for yourself and just looking at yourself with it. Maybe doing your hair or your makeup in a way that makes you feel really beautiful, lighting some candles. Everybody looks amazing in candlelight, seriously. If I need a confidence boost, I turn on my dimmers and some candles. My skin looks flawless. You don't see my cellulite or my varicose veins. No pimples, no blackheads. Kind of puff my hair up a little bit, look in the mirror and feel myself. So just start with that. Like, can you buy something beautiful? Can you just look at yourself with loving eyes? Can you look at yourself the way that you want your lover to look at you, to gaze at you? to worship you, to recognize you, to see you. And from there, after you get comfortable looking at yourself, can you feel yourself the way that you really want a romantic lover to feel you, right? So if you're listening to this, you're, I would hope, please, an adult, and you have probably engaged in some self-pleasure activities. And most people that I talk to, and I get it, I'm in a unique field. Like I'm a business and leadership coach. All of my clients are in wellness. Well, some of them, let's say, are in tech, but most of them are in health, wellness, personal development. So my client list is everyone from sex coaches to 
shibari experts. Shibari is like um, ancient, uh, like Japanese rope tying, BDSM experts, also like health coaches, yoga instructors. But I've had you know literally dozens of people who are in like sex and relationships. So self-pleasure, all of this is very common, you know, talk to me. And most people, though, that I talk to that are not in this world, if we talk about self-pleasuring, it is very much like, oh, you just like touch yourself in your intimate areas. And most people are not making love to themselves. And so if you really want to embrace this time of being single and build this, use this time as a as building a romantic relationship with yourself, I want you to really start to feel yourself. Okay. So it could start with just looking in the mirror, touching your skin, giving yourself, you know, a foot massage, rubbing your leg, caressing your shoulders, maybe petting your own head. But also from a self-pleasure standpoint, can you start to make love to yourself a little bit better? <laughs> can you be a better lover to yourself? When you're engaging in those activities, can you feel yourself? Can you squeeze your skin? Can you touch your breasts? Can you, you know, touch your neck and maybe pull your hair a little bit and really start to bring that passionate lover to yourself? And I promise you this will be a game changer because when you engage in amazing lovemaking with your partner, Think about how that fuels the rest of your day. Like think about if you had like amazing morning sex and then you eat breakfast together. You're looking at each other. It's all gooey. The food tastes better. The sun feels a little bit warmer and more delicious on your skin. You can have that experience with yourself. Okay, a couple of last things is creating romance with yourself more qualities that I really want to call in and you know my soul partner and a soulmate is patience like how deep of space are they really holding and creating for me so are you really listening to yourself are you giving yourself self space to journal to explore your own mind to without judgment share what's on your heart what's on your mind what's causing you stress and then lastly is, you know, in a partner, what I find really sexy and romantic is somebody who has hobbies, who has passion. So how much are you using this sacred single time to go after your curiosities, even if they sound a little bit crazy? And then lastly is I want a partner who has faith and a deep relationship with God. So not God from like a Christianity standpoint, it could be any type of God, a higher power, universe, source. So this time, and this is definitely a podcast for another time, but this time of being single is going to require you to find faith. And faith is not synonymous with religion. Faith means that you find hope, you find inspiration, you find prayer, you find meaning in life, that things are working out for you. They're not happening to you that you are in control, that you are the creator, and that you are protected by a higher power, whether that be your ancestors, it be a god, it be multiple gods, it be Buddha. I don't care who it is, but it is time to explore where you draw that faith from. Because when someone is removed from your life that you found so much peace and hope and strength and security in, you need to be able to find that within yourself and within the universe. Okay, so here are my three reflections for turning your single life into the best time of your life. It's giving yourself the gift of time, following your crazy, 
and embracing the discomfort that comes with following your curiosities and also becoming the best, most romantic lover you could ever imagine to yourself. And I'm going to leave you with a passage from one of my favorite authors. Her name is Brianna Weist. She's the author of 101 Essays That Will Change Your Life, one of my favorite books, and it is on soulmates. She says, become your own soulmate first. The love you're waiting on someone else to give you is a projection of your desire to know yourself. It is wanting to see yourself more kindly through someone else's eyes. The very way you most long to be loved is the way you need to love yourself, to see your own potential, to care for yourself, to hear the sound of your own approval, to build a life you are proud of. Until you are your own soulmate, you will be left asking others to fill needs they were never meant to meet. Become your own soulmate first. So when you do meet the person you've been waiting for, you can offer them the life you'd want to be offered to you. You can build a relationship based on growing together and expanding your horizons, not simply just trying to fulfill needs the other person was never meant to meet. The truth is that external love does not absolve us of our need to find our own self-approval and appreciation. In fact, it emphasizes its importance. Your self-love is in the fabric of any relationship, and for that relationship to expand over time, you have to be willing to continue your own journey within yourself. There are so many exit points we seek in life, ways to outsource the work that can only be our own. You can love someone even if you don't love yourself, but you won't be able to fully receive their love in return until you expand your own capacity for self-love. We accept what we believe we deserve, which is why we have to work on shifting the belief that tells us we are limited in what we should receive. If you are on a journey right now of wondering where and how and when love may come along, begin a journey to yourself. You meet your soulmate when you find your soul. I will leave you with those beautiful words and the ask that if you are enjoying the podcast, you enjoyed this episode, send me a DM, let me know. I love connecting with you at samantha.bove and also that we have a woman's Reiki and intuition retreat coming up in New York in the fall of 2023. So go to samanthabove.com forward slash Reiki retreat, put in your email. I'll be sending out information soon and just know that I love you. I care. I'm here and I'm so excited that you're part of the She's Too Much community. If you're loving the podcast, share this episode to your Instagram. Please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so this baby can grow and impact more people. And I will see you next week. Bye.